0: Our society doesn't like to be kept waiting. We want entertainment on demand. We want restaurant meals delivered straight to our door. And we want access to all our financial products instantly,
1: day or night. From the UK perspective, we've been kind of running with that for a number of years now in the banking world, where it's getting faster and faster, more on demand, more capabilities that we want immediately to compete with everyday life. So partly we're, we're driving that, from my perspective. And unless you do that, you can't keep up. You'll get lost. You'll get left behind.
0: And it's thanks to our need for speed that financial institutions are delivering more innovations faster than ever before.
2: The concept of, you know, where we used to be, where you'd talk about a five-year roadmap People are now talking about agile, speed to market. We need to be delivering in sprints. So your five-year roadmap, the expectation now is you're delivering that five-year roadmap in three years. And how do you go do that? The ability to rapidly stand up infrastructure is now commonplace in the financial services industry.
0: This is Financial Futures, the podcast that charts the frontiers of fintech innovation. In this series, we'll be looking to the future to find out how fintechs and financial institutions are gearing up and developing next generation innovations to meet the challenges and needs of tomorrow's world. I'm your host, Erin Dangler. And in today's episode, we'll be examining innovation as a service, We'll find out what innovation means to fintechs and institutions, and we'll look at some of the advances that are already having a positive impact on the financial services industry. We'll also hear how innovation is helping to make access to products and services more equitable, and how it's bridging the gap between crypto and fiat currencies. Joining us in today's discussion are Vice Presidents of Impact Ventures at FIS, Adrian Sturley and Jason Williams. Now we all have an idea of what innovation means, but how does it work as a service?
2: I think the broad definition of innovation as service is uh, creating a process to identify, rank, and create new offerings that can be brought to market quickly. The overall goal of that offering, you know, having some strategic impact on your customers and your organization, and then your key success drivers being the ability to innovate and bring something to your customers rapidly but almost as important, you know, I think is, is recognizing that not all solution offerings will be 100% successful and focusing on your wins and moving on quickly from your misses. And then from a market delivery perspective, we are launching what we're calling the FIS Baz Hub, which is a platform that, you know, really enables banks, credit unions, and fintechs to build digital banking and payments ecosystems that they need to deliver innovation to merchants and consumers and users. So with that, allows for more opportunities to deliver embedded finance solutions to deliver kind of differentiating customer experiences.
0: Great. Aid. do you want to add anything to that?
1: I would only add that coming from a fintech perspective, when you work in a fintech and then you work in a larger organization, you understand where innovation can play because as a fintech, you can get stuck in the innovation cycle, right? You can just keep innovating and trying to keep working on building something and never get into a execution contract piece of, of work. So it's understanding almost where it stops as much as you know what it is. I think the fintechs show quite well they can develop things really quickly, they can be really agile, they can have rapid technologies and they can create stacks really quickly. It's about then actual execution. So I always see the innovation as a service being added to by the execution capability of getting into these organizations quickly and proving that technology and then innovating on top of that. So you never finish.
0: And so with this partnership, it's it's like a blend of mentorship and partnership. And you've already talked about some of the impacts like scalability, but what are some really big impacts that innovation as a service can make? Can you give me some examples of like some companies you've worked with and, and how they've grown?
1: I think from my perspective, one of the areas is reg tech. So we've had a fintech come to our accelerator recently, and this is quite exciting because if we can get into the financial regulatory areas and start to try and innovate in there, obviously supporting that regulatory framework that we're given, but make that an easier path, then that's a huge impact that innovation as a service can have because some of the biggest areas are in that space of operational regulation. And the regulation is there for a purpose. You don't want to bypass it. But if you can make it easier from the functioning perspective and the business perspective, and you can still be highly regulated and you can still be highly functional and supportive of that, but then do it in a faster way, then that's the real area that I think is quite exciting.
2: Yeah, I kind of view it as maybe three kind of verticals that I see it in. So the first is... In terms of where we can make big impacts. This is the first one I'll call financial servicing anywhere, anytime. So you've opened up financial ecosystems that you know have been traditionally exclusive domains for banks. And you've really created the ability to partner with banks, provide the ability for non-bank entities such as fintechs, merchants, etc., the ability to offer. Embedded payments, embedded lending, the buy now, pay later explosion that we're seeing. So really t- enabling those type of technologies in non-traditional bank channels. And then from the banking perspective, I, I always view it as you know, we help smaller banks grow. So we've got, I guess, hundreds, if not thousands of local banks, community banks, credit unions across the U.S. And so with the innovation as a service, we can help these banks partner with fintechs and offer new service lines for them so they can quickly beef up their portfolio of banking services with you know new, new capabilities and make things more efficient for them and on the bigger bank you're complementing big bank service right large banks have been leveraging banking as a service again to simplify their operations migration from legacy systems certainly a big hot topic in that space and then come up with new customer propositions rapidly and banks 5 years ago there was always the rise in the threat of the fintech that was going to You know, eliminate banking as we know it. Well, that certainly hasn't happened. And we're seeing the rise of platform banking, right? Banks are now platforms and they want the ability to bring in best of breed solution sets so they can innovate and offer new solutions in market to create that differentiating experience for their customers as well.
0: I love that you talk about we can stay in the innovating phase when I was researching and prepping for this, because I had no idea what this meant. You know, I see these acronyms, capital I, small a, small a s, innovation as a service.
1: It's really hard one. I I just say innovation.
0: (laughs) Innovation. Okay, great. Because I saw a flow chart, which made total sense to me as far as process. Like you start with the inspiration, you ideate, you plan a roadmap, you have a blueprint experiment, and then you execute the experiment. And then what Jason mentioned is you either drop it or scale it, right? And then move on to the next thing and then you use it. And you're talking about this rapidity at which it needs to be implemented? And why is it difficult to quickly onboard these services currently? What are the roadblocks?
1: The way I see this is the engagement with especially financial organizations, which are well-established, have very very strict policies, risk management layers that will try and ask you to do things which you're just not prepared to do, right? So you can quickly get dragged in, down into those very detailed, minutiae of policies that big organizations will have. The same goes for banks. Some of those operational activities are also more difficult. So you need to be operationally aware when you're executing. You need to be operationally capable when you're actually dealing with an organization. So at the moment, it's quite a challenge for FinTechs to get into those organizations and prove the execution in any mass scale. So if we can help them with that, then that helps that whole innovation service become an end-to-end process rather than technology processes, et cetera. So that for me is the difficulty they face, but what we're trying to help them with and achieve in FIS. I would also say making it difficult is the shift, especially in our space,
2: and how traditional players like FIS have kind of gone to market. Traditionally, our delivery has been very bespoke and it was delivered in a very custom manner to those banks and those organizations that we traditionally define as our customers when you start thinking about delivering to banks and non-banks entities how do you make that easy we've seen the explosion in apis in the last few years that make integration easier but you still have a lot of touch points such as operations regulatory customer communications back office servicing that make onboarding a challenge so you know our design goal with what we're kind of doing within FIV is that any service that we, we kind of bring into market, we want to enable that end-to-end business function that gives the banks or the fintechs across any industry the ability to kind of rapidly configure new financial service offerings by delivering those banking and payments products in kind of that as-a-service fashion. And again, pressure test, rapid innovation, deliver a low-risk pay-as-you-grow model to allow these guys to take on innovation and be comfortable with launching new offerings in market.
0: What I hear from both of you is that this innovation, the nature of the word innovation means change. (laughs) And uh, people are often fearful of change, and especially when you're dealing with the red tape, that can be a roadblock. But why is speed so important with innovation?
1: I think from my perspective, because we are the ones that are driving it. We want things faster. I think we're, we're the same with financial services. We're the same with everyday life. We like to have four or five different types of as-a-service plays, right? We like to watch Netflix. We like to watch Disney. And we'll pay for those services, and we want them on demand. But they better be there straight away. They better be there quickly. We expect our broadband now to be fast as ever and no no stop and no interruption, And financial services are going the same way. And so from the UK perspective, we've been kind of running with that for a number of years now in the banking world, where it's getting faster and faster, more on demand, more capabilities that we want immediately to compete with everyday life. So partly we're we're driving that, from my perspective. And unless you do that, you can't keep up. You'll get lost. You'll get left behind.
2: And I think the concept of, you know, where we used to be, where you'd talk about a five-year roadmap, People are now talking about agile, speed to market. We need to be delivering in sprints. So your five-year roadmap, the expectation now is you're delivering that five-year roadmap in three years. And how do you go do that? The ability to rapidly stand up infrastructure is now commonplace in the financial services industry. Five years ago, people the banks weren't even talking about cloud. Every bank now has a cloud strategy and the expectation that they can stand up infrastructure, If you take that one step further, my expectation is now infrastructure with services around it, executing on specific functions, whether it's payments, account opening, money movement, insurance, anything like that. So the expectation is you have a solution that you can stand up in market and can be integrated to quickly.
0: Great. Yeah, that all makes a lot of sense. And before we continue on in the conversation, I want to backtrack a little bit. You had talked about FIV, the tech stack. Can you just explain to our audience what that is? Because we're going to be talking about that more. And, and for me, it's a
2: little bit kind of like Greek. So what we've done is built the FIS banking as a service hub. And so from a technology perspective, there's two features to the banking as a service hub. The first part of that tech stack is what we call our content surface. So think about taking the APIs from FIS's back office systems and transforming them, routing them, orchestrating them, and delivering them out to market in what we call content packs. And quite simply put, a content pack is that business function. Open an account, pay a bill, move money. So that content service helps us kind of extract that business function and deliver it as a content pack such that our customers can take it and embed it in their online banking, their brand apps, and expose it. The second part of our service hub is what we call the feature surface. Think of that as, I'm using air quotes here, pre-done widgets and developer kits that you can take a prefabricated, pre-built application and embed it easily in your digital channel very quickly. And I think probably to call out to one of the differentiators for us is it's not just simply APIs, right? We deliver from API to back office, offering a turnkey solution such that FinTechs can take on that business function without having to build out their operations teams, without having to go staff up regulatory personnel within their organization. So I think that's a real differentiator for us.
0: Innovation as a service isn't just about brainstorming pie-in-the-sky ideas to come up with the latest trendy tech. It's about identifying real-world issues and developing a complete package from coding to implementation to create a turnkey solution. And in the rapidly evolving world of fintech, there's no shortage of challenges to overcome.
1: I've got some use cases and we've spoken to a number of our fintech partners, and know, getting into the market as a whole on a mass enabled scale. Right. So mass enablement is important for fintech so they can have that growth they need, but being supported by, you know, an organization that has scale itself. So it's almost utilizing these larger organizations like ourselves as the machine to help with growth and scale. That's one of the big things from that perspective. And the platforms we're creating are designed to provide that capability of offering that scalability into our existing clients, into our new clients, and bringing them through these platforms that allows their solution to be exposed into that marketplace and that framework. Also, as Jason mentioned, having the business support functions, often or not, fintechs will need to partner with a number of players to do things like embedded payments, to do things like opening accounts, to have those base functions and operational support that lie behind the offering of the business function they might may want to have. I think earlier on we spoke about innovation is not necessarily about the business function, it's also about the actual support functions and the operational functions and the execution functions. So having someone to able to help execute in a bigger scale and help grow in that scale when you're trying to bring this, this solution forward, embedding it with supported services that lie beneath so that You're not having to go out and find huge numbers of partners, bringing itself together, lots of integration projects that you need to do before you even get to the execution at at the client. Now, if we can provide those, and that's what we're trying to do, we can provide all those base functions and regulatory provisioning, then that helps these fintechs then expose their capabilities into a mass market. So we're effectively helping bring scale. We're bringing those base functions, that support functions, the regulatory functions to help some of the challenges they face today by getting into that mass-enabled world, which helps them get growth. To build on some of those points that they brought up, helping them with
2: customer lifetime value and retention. When we talk to these fintechs, they go to market very hyper-focused on customer experiences, and they've developed what they feel is the next greatest thing in whatever vertical they're in. But a lot of them recognize that the customer they start with day one isn't the customer they're going to have day 365. And so, how do you adapt your service offering? And in some cases, when you start talking about, I'll give an example, in the digital or the neobank space, right? A lot of them come up with the next great account offering. But that account offering that, again, your customer starts with day one might not be the account offering that they need day 365. So, the ability to bring new offerings to market quickly and really allow the fintechs to operate as a platform where they can bring on best-in-breed solutions to meet their customer needs at speed is, I think, one of the challenges that we can help them overcome with uh, innovation as a service.
0: Is it available to everyone? What is your work doing to make innovation more equitable?
2: To make it more equitable, especially within our work within the financial services space, I think what we're doing here is opening up services that have historically been difficult for fintechs to access. Certainly in Europe and Asia, opening up the financial services markets has been, I'll say, commonplace over several years, but it hasn't in North America. So in the North America market, it's about opening up those financial services and make them easy for fintechs to integrate and consume with. And again, have that operations and that heavy lifting in the back office process. It's taking care of from a trusted partner like FIS, I think that's kind of where we're making it more equitable. We're mass enabling FinTech, our financial services products, to really almost any vertical. And so I'm not making it just the exclusive domain of of banks anymore.
1: Yeah, I would add that part of what we're doing here in FIV, we've had an accelerator now for the last six years. We've taken 60 companies through that accelerator. We find ways of being able to expose their business capability outbound you know into the wider FIS and that's part of our fintech advocacy job and trying to find those routes and avenues within the large scale FIS organization where they can help FIS of course but also help them so part of that innovation as a service is designed that we can allow them to grow inside the FIS client space by exposing that their functionality into different clients and then different areas and of course by allowing them then to use FIS capabilities and services underlying some of those things, it's a more rapid way of then exposing into our client base. So it's helping us because it's helping us to get to new target markets. It's helping them because they get to existing client base and be part of that journey to our new markets.
0: Innovation as a service is revolutionizing the way consumers access financial products and helping banks, large and small, to augment the services they offer. And innovation isn't just there to solve issues surrounding existing capabilities like money transfers or debit card services. It's being used to serve new markets and tackle emerging issues too, most notably, bringing crypto into the mainstream.
2: If you think, oh, three, four years ago, right, crypto was this off to the side, fringe type decentralized currency running on the block. And again, it was fringe. It's now, I think, moving mainstream where we have banks that are basically saying in response to customer demand, we would like to start offering crypto type services or even partnering with some of these crypto firms to help them grow. So we're seeing kind of demand in the the ability for banks to offer crypto and so offering things like crypto type accounts or cards that can spend in in different cryptocurrencies and, and function in different type of crypto wallets. So to that end, that's what kind of we're seeing there is, is kind of that merging of the two. And so innovation as a service helps bring those traditional functions, right? So the fiat accounts, debit cards, writing traditional rails, and then taking next gen type DeFi technologies such as crypto and blockchain and marrying the two to create, again, those differentiating experiences such as um, crypto debit cards uh, to market.
1: I would also add what's really interesting in this area is some of the DLT technology, digital cash that we're seeing in various different countries and undergoing some regulation, which is interesting as well. You know, um, I think there is a paper at the moment with the government in the US around the, the regulation of crypto, but we're also seeing this in conjunction, the rise of this distributed ledger technology and the digital cash elements of that understanding how that's going to interact between governments and and countries and consumers. So there's some exciting areas in this space that we'll see innovation happening in front of us. And what we want to try and do is provide some of those backbones of being able to have cars and accounts and move money so that these, these innovations can take place with our partners and provide that next level and next generation of moving money across the world. We've had conversations with very, very traditional payment providers in the
2: US and they acknowledge that the the shift is happening, that you're going to have non-traditional payment rails standing against traditional payment rails. And everybody's now saying these new next-gen technologies such as DLT, crypto, moving money, not using traditional payment rails is going to be kind of the next wave of innovation that we're going to see in the market. And so a lot of them are looking to FIS and looking for that trusted partner to say, okay, how are you guys thinking about this? What kind of solutioning can we do together to bring something to market?
0: And let's build on that because that's a perfect segue into the next question is, so somebody's out there and they're looking for a partner. What do they look for in a partner? And then briefly tell me the process.
1: We've got various different partners, whether they come through our accelerators and we're mentoring them through the process of being with FIS or whether they're direct investments from our perspective or partners that we've gathered. We want to make them successful in their own independent way as well as being successful in the FIS world. Innovation is not just necessary to the end consumer, it could be within the industry itself. So some of our partners will be innovating within the banks that we have as clients one example is providing partly the lending as a service capability but around loan participations that is very much dedicated to those organizations that participate in loans to free up their balance sheet that allows them then to offer loans to consumers and offer new lending types of services to consumers because they're able to then grow it also helps them grow themselves because then they've got more lending capabilities those partners may start at a referral kind of relationship they could be a reseller relationship And we're pretty flexible, actually, in how we do that because we recognize there are different types of needs of the partners that we have. A lot of them still want that entry point into the scalability in FIS and the clients that we have in FIS. So we have, we'll have have different flows for the types of organizations that want to act differently, whether they want us to be a reseller, whether it's a referral type of range, whether it's a heavy kind of combined partnership where they're embedded in the technology that we're providing, or it's a more loose partnership. So it really depends on the types of organizations. And we we're pretty flexible on how they want to operate and how we want to operate with them to provide that innovation inside organizations, as well as to the end consumers via the customers that we have. And to build on a point on the type of
2: customer, I always view it as kind of three things when people choose us to innovate with, right? Is our ability to innovate, solution certainty, and stability and risk. From a bank's perspective, ability to innovate, right? We've been innovating in this space for a long time. We've now said the market has exploded and how we're we're taking on more of a platform approach with our innovation. And we're going to be looking at strategic partners to bring on board. That also then leads into kind of that solution certainty. So FIS, we deliver. When you talk to the banks, we don't fail in our deliveries. Certainly we've been late. Maybe there's been rough patches, but FIS delivers. So solution certainty. And then stability and risk. We've been doing this for 50 years. So that's very appealing to Traditional FIs. On the flip, when you talk to fintechs, again, ability to innovate, right? Bringing on platforms that allow these fintechs to get into banks that they've never actually been able to get into due to their risk profile. But, you know, FIS, when we recognize the value that these fintechs could bring in certain verticals, when we stand behind that solution, you know, delivering that solution certainty under the FIS brand. That stability, that reduced risk profile, I think that's how we kind of stand above and how, how we can help people hopefully select us to partner with and help drive innovation with them.
0: So with, with where innovation is now and with your experience, you know, it sounds like there's already so much going on. Innovation keeps innovating. So what do you see for the future? Like In your own words, uh, we're, we're not going to hold you to it, but what do you see?
1: I think from my perspective, it's a a conjunction of of services that meet an overall consumer's needs. We still have isolated functions in the financial world, at least. We do insurance over here. We do banking over there. We've got wealth up there. We need to start to see all that coming together. So not just from an aggregation perspective, but from an operational perspective, we can quickly manage all of these things in real time we can make investments in real time we can do insurance in real time if you ever think about insurance contract it takes ages to get one those things need to improve as well as real time banking etc so that everything we can do in a real time mode everything becomes easy to do just like you can buy netflix and watch a program immediately after you've subscribed to it so you'll see that subscription based activities go across the chain from everyday consumables into the financial world And I think that's when this really gets exciting from an innovation perspective, because then once you've got that cross capabilities, you can just imagine the way that we're going to be able to move money, imagine the way that we're going to be able to get new services and get insured for those services as well. Pretty exciting times if we can get to that point. How about
2: you, Jason? What's your vision? 30-second elevator pitch. You know, it's that creation of that platform for really anyone to build that banking and payments ecosystem that is purpose-built for their needs. And it's really about being able to select a best of breed function that you can quickly integrate to and have, again, run end to end in an as a service mode. So from API to back office in a pay as you grow type fashion. It's that pick and choose platform to build the banking and payments ecosystem that you see fit.
0: Adrian Sturley and Jason Williams are Vice Presidents of Impact Ventures at FIS. That's it for today's show. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time when we'll be taking a look at the next generation of FinTech to identify some of the megatrends influencing the industry over the next decade.